Well, yesterday morning in my daily homily at St. Mary's, I focused on, I talked about the importance of meditating on the four last things. The four last things are death, judgment, hell, and heaven. And I'm going to kind of continue, but in particular, I focused on the second one, the, the, the uh, last thing that we refer to as judgment. And I'm going to continue on with that theme because it seems like uh, this is what our scriptures are dealing with here. In the uh, book of the prophet Joel, we have the day of the Lord being spoken about um, quite extensively here. And uh, there's a very particular place that's spoken about, and it's called the Valley of Jehoshaphat. The Valley of Jehoshaphat. It's referred to as the Valley of Decision. And this is the place where the final judgment is going to take place. So there's two judgments. There's the particular judgment that we will all uh, encounter at the moment of our death. Uh, But then there's what's called the general judgment, um, which will take place at the the general resurrection of the dead. At the end of time, at the end of the the human history, all the uh, human beings who have ever lived will be raised up from the dead and there will be uh, a judgment that will take place um, that will happen in the body. And it will happen uh, not only in the body, but will happen in a particular place. And that place is the Valley of Jehoshaphat here. You know, um, very interestingly enough, I, I think of something I read in a historian, and the point was being made that in the modern era, religion has become, uh, Christianity in particular, has become very ethereal, meaning non, there's a sort of a lack of realism to it. It becomes very, uh, non-concrete and non-tangible. And, uh, they, the point that the historian was making was that, that happened in part due to, um, the lack of European Christians in their contact with the Holy Land. You see, uh, before about the 14th century or so, the last, the last major crusade took place in, uh, 1290. And uh, from that point on, European contact with the Holy Land really started to kind of dwindle. And But before that, say before the, the 13th, before the, say the 14th century, um, Christians, whether they lived in the Middle East, of course, if they were in the Middle East, they, had, they were in very, very close contact to the Holy Land. If they were in Europe, there was constant pilgrimages that were taking place. And then the era of the Crusades took place during the Islamic era. And uh, in any event... There was always a kind of a very concrete um, contact with the Holy Land. And that uh, made religion, there was a kind of a realism to it. Whereas when Christians started to lose contact with the Holy Land, things started to become ethereal. Uh, Protestantism comes about, which is a very, uh, you know, it's a form of Christianity that oftentimes is very non-concrete. There's a lack of the sacraments. So the physical place is not important in, in this form of Christianity. And um, that, that it characterizes the modern era in general. And then to compound the, the issue is here we are on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. We're in America. It's a, a Protestant nation from, from the ground up. We're on the other side of the ocean. We're totally separated from Europe, totally separated from the Middle East. And so it's a real temptation to make religion a very ethereal, pie-in-the-sky kind of reality. And to forget that all of this is tied to a specific location and historical events that went on and that will continue on in the future. So uh, it's the common tradition of the church that the final general 
judgment will take place in the Valley of Jehoshaphat, which is identified from ancient times with the Valley of Kidron, which is right between uh, Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives, sorry, the city proper of Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives. So when Christ, for example, after the Last Supper, he walked across the Kidron Valley and he went up into the Mount of Olives, into the Garden of Gethsemane. So that valley that he walked across, that's the valley that every human being will come to on the general judgment. And they will be judged in that spot in the future. And uh, other theologians say probably it will take place like in the air. You know, there's, a, there's an element where everybody's body basically will be kind of like lifted up in the air. In any event, uh, it's going to take place right there in Jerusalem. And we learn that here from the prophet Joel, who talks about the Valley of Decision. He says, the Lord will roar from Zion. And just as Christ ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives, so he will come to come back to that very place. And he will come as judge. The book of Revelation says, Behold, he cometh, and every eye shall see him. Every human eye will see the second coming of Christ. Because in their bodies, they will be present in that place. And it's kind of, kind of funny that, um, Jewish people, uh, they pay big money to get buried right on the, on the, right in the valley of Jehoshaphat. So if you go there to the Holy Land today, you see it's just lined with, you know, thousands of Jewish tombs. Um, the, the Jewish people believe this as well as Christians that the judgment day will take place right there. So when Christ returns, that's going to take place, and every eye in, in the flesh will see uh, their judge. Now, it's helpful to reflect a, a few things on, you know, why is it that Jesus Christ is going to be judging us? Well, the Gospels say specifically that it will be the Son of Man who will be the judge. The Son of Man. So it focuses on Christ being a human being. And that is fitting for two reasons. First of all, it is fitting that those who are judged would be able to see their judge. Now, the divine nature, to behold the divine nature is nothing but bliss. But in the last judgment, not just the blessed, but also the condemned will have to see their judge. So it's not appropriate that the, the condemned will see the divine nature. So that's, therefore, Christ in his visible humanity will be the judge so that he can be seen by everybody, both the righteous and the wicked, both by those who are condemned to hell and those who are uh, admitted into heaven. Secondly, it is uh, proper that the Son of Man, meaning that the incarnate human uh, humanity of Christ, be there as judge uh, because... He merited that position because of his holiness, because of his utter holiness in his humanity. He merited that position to be judge of of all mankind. Also, uh, we would want to ask, why should this judgment be feared with a sober fear? Uh, Not with a fear that paralyzes us, but with a sober uh, and realistic fear. First of all, because Christ is all-knowing. He knows everything. There is nothing hidden from his knowledge. So every deed of ours, every thought of ours, will be manifest to the all-knowing mind and judgment of Christ.
Also, the judgment is to be feared because at that time there will only be justice. Now is the time of mercy. Now is the time for penance. Then there will only be justice. Only justice. And so that's something that we need to prepare for. Uh, and how do we finally, how do we prepare for it? Well, first of all, by good deeds. Secondly, by confession and penance. Thirdly, by almsgiving. The Bible says that almsgiving atones for sins. And then finally, we prepare through charity. Because St. Peter tells us that charity covers over a multitude of sins. And so if we take that final judgment, which will take place in Jerusalem seriously, we prepare for it, we fear it, and we prepare for it. And especially we prepare for it through love.